Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. With more and more movies easily available on streaming services, it's harder to know what's worth watching and what might be a waste of your time. There are many hidden gems out there waiting to be discovered, and we want to help you find them. This is Trailer Rewind, a podcast where JJ and I, your virtual video store clerks, sift through the shelves to help you discover new favorites. Today is October 26th, 
2021, and Antebellum is available to stream on Hulu. Because what's available on streaming services can change, it's possible that by the time you're listening to this show, that this has changed. You can easily find where Antebellum is streaming using a service like JustWatch.com. If you're on Letterboxd and have a patron or pro account, Just Watch is integrated into your account. So when you look at the Trailer Rewind watch list or Trailer Rewind episode list, you can easily see where a film is currently available. If you don't have a patron or pro Letterboxd account, you can get uh, you can get a 20% discount at truestory.fm slash letterboxd. So, JJ, let's take a look at the trailer to see what Antebellum is all about. 911. What is your emergency? Hello? 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 It's not about that. No, <laughs> it is not about that. And no, it's. I guess our first warning would be: don't watch the trailer. If you haven't, if you haven't seen the trailer, don't watch. It's the not trailer that it's first. not about that either. It is. It's it's generally about that, but your experience of the film is going to be completely diminished if you pay attention to the trailer because it 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 changes some things. It changes the the way the story is told. It start this trailer starts. 40 minutes into the film there's so much you just do not see it's much better to watch antebellum without the knowledge of what the trailer is going to give you because it unlocks things that don't need to be unlocked watch the trailer afterwards and see what what you think about it but yeah i would say go into this one uh without any knowledge of the trailer or yeah, anything well, like that. Well, and we tend to that. say, what is the trailer selling? The trailer is selling what's behind the curtain. But part of what the joy is, is spending time with the curtain. And you don't want, I mean, we we pride ourselves at the next reel in being a, a, a spoiler, a, you know, a spoiler podcast. <laughs> but this is one of those films that you probably don't want to be spoiled for. You want to be able to experience it the way the filmmakers made it. And so don't see the trailer. Yeah, it's, it'll make it a bit of a challenge here, but I, th- I think we can pull it off in our front piece here of talking about what we like about this film, r- recommendations, all of that, without getting too much into the spoiler pieces. I mean, we may be speaking some broad generalities like that, but I think this is really a film to let the story unfold and to have patience with it, because I think there is a a payoff at the end of going on this journey. Um, but so to, to start, I should say, I went to watch this film and my wife said, oh, okay, what are you watching for Trailer Rewinded? And I said, Antebellum. And she said, oh, okay, a movie about the South. So she said, not interested if we're either getting into, you know, history or that of, you know, not interested in, in digging back into that territory again. So I think that uh, that title tells us that i mean that's something that is commonly associated with that word is we're dealing with the south the civil war all of that and so when we talk about this film again we we i 
we put this in our little trio of films talking about race relations in America and what this film has to say about that. And I, I think it was an, a nice way to tie up everything in that trio of films. And it, it's something that I would, I'm torn on this one uh, in terms of like where I might categorize it because I, it's, yeah. What, what? What? How do you feel? Well, see, here's the thing. This. So we're we're in the pre yeah. the the pre spoiler part of the of the show. I'm going to say that it should be alongside some films in this part, and then when we get to the spoiler section, I'm going to say it should be alongside other films after that. So it really, it really is honestly at this stage with what you know or what you should know going into Antebellum, it should be along the lines of Get Out. It should be in this kind of thing yeah. where it's. Uh, Dread, a, a film that's high drama related to race with an unknown creep factor that is related to dread. And it's really, really effective in delivering that dread and drama throughout the film. Now, the secrets of the film and the sort of mythology and the, you know, the, what, what Tommy would say, the book of the vampire about what's going on in the film it's a different thing, but it's the kind of thing that you learn in a movie like Get Out, too. And you can love Get Out without knowing that stuff in advance. And that's the way you should view Antebellum, too. So wherever you put Get Out, if it's in horror, then I think Antebellum belongs there. If it's someplace else, if it's just drama or high race drama or something like this, then it falls in that spot. But I have other when we get to the, spo the spoiler section, I have other films that I want to put <laughs> alongside it, too. So I guess you could say if you. If you're interested in a film that's going to delve into race relations in in America, uh, you know, in in this era, you know, what what you know, dealing with slavery of the South, all of that uh, place in American history, and sort of, I guess, investigating that, uh, yeah, this is know that it's you know that that subject matter, you know, it's going to derail hit head on so you've got physical violence going on you've you've got humanity at its worst it's it's brutal so this is not uh gone with the wind right this is this is a, a really brutal look at the harshness of life on a plantation uh and again i think even the the opening shot uh you you talked about dread and creep factor and there was something about that because uh, i timed it it's a it's really one single shot yep. as far as I can tell. Yeah, I think they faked uh, a couple things in it, but yeah, it's it's a beautiful use of a Warner idea. Yeah. yeah. Seven and a half minutes, really. It's it's basically that up till we get our title cut. Yep. And not a lot of dialogue. It's just we start at the front of the the plantation where everything's nice and friendly and it's you know wonderful life to live here on this great plantation and a young girl running in a bright yellow dress and then we slowly just push back further deeper and deeper into the land and to the point where we've got two soldiers that are fighting or restraining um a black man and so we've gone from everything's all rosy up front to the the dark brutality uh, that's, that's behind all of that. So it's, it's set to me, it sets up everything that you need to know to sort of tonally, I would say in that, that first shot, because there, there's something odd about some things. Uh, we, we see who we will learn is, is one of our, our main characters, uh, sort of slung across the back of a horse and being brought back to the slave quarters. 
Exactly. So we don't know where she was, but, you know, something was going on with her. And it, it really got me curious. It set the stage for the, the drama that was going to unfold. And I was I was in with that. It was a beautiful shot. It told me where we were, introduced our, our main character that we would know a little bit more about and the, the basic conflict of life on this this plantation there. Now, yeah, things will we'll get further into that. But that if you're comfortable with that, and like I said, the, there is a little bit of the creep factor in there. And I don't know if it's just the, the music or the slow, deliberate pace of the shot, um, that tracking shot, or just really the, the brutality that happens when we've got a slave being, you know, killed right there in front of us. Uh, if, if you're not, if after the seven and a half minutes, your uh, sensibilities are offended and you feel like this is not for me. Yeah. Do not stick with this. Oh, I had to take a break. <laughs> it's, like it's, right at the end, yes. like as soon as we get out of the Warner and we've got the, the, the slave on the ground saying, kill me. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to put this down for tonight. That, that's when I started last night. And then I came back to it this morning because uh, it was so heavy. It's it's really intense. And there is that feeling of creepiness and dread and what's going on here. It's, yeah, it's, it's intense. So, it, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, categorizing it. Okay. Yeah. Historical drama, all of that, but really heavy. And I think tackling brutality head on right. so yeah that's that's where that's where you're going um and you could even maybe call it i mean it's not theatrical gore but you could call it graphic right right it's it's very graphic yes. in the way that it I, approaches the violence and the situations you, you have to be prepared for some of the 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 real brutality and i've never seen what is it uh midsummer but that's how oh, midsummer has okay. been explained to me too is that it's just really graphic and the situations are dealt with in a very sort of straightforward way and this i mean this is shot bold and beautiful and scary and intense and that's what you're going to get the entire time through this movie yeah and so by sort of delving into america's dark uh you know brutal history um there, there's some commentary that's going to come and we'll we'll get into that as we get you know into our discussion after recommendations of you know all that that it's saying but this is you know if i can look back to you know if beale street could talk that was one that brought questions to the table with a story that was comfortable to watch. I mean, there's still ugly parts to it, but it was not as confrontational. This is far more in your face, confrontational, still bringing those these these questions and and, and bold statements uh, about race relations in America. It's like there's there's a lot going on here. So if that is not within your comfort zone, this is not a movie for you. Um, the genre, yeah, there are elements of horror because there is some suspense to the story uh but it is really just that we've got that drama and for me it was it it was a better film than i expected because this is a film that sort of fell off of the radar it didn't get a theatrical release due to covid so it sort of just showed up on on streaming and i feel like it just it didn't have that opportunity in the theater to find an audience so on streaming it, it got lost which is why it's one that you know wanted to make sure we talked about because i feel like it's it's of a piece with with our other two films in the series but how you know it is a tough watch so how did you end up 
rating this because I know it, it that's a, that can be a challenge. Yeah, of it, it was, and it was, you know, I took lots of breaks. There were, there were certain times where I could only really do a 15 minute chunk and then stop or even less. I stayed 15 minutes, probably even long for, for what I needed in this movie, but I gave it four stars and, and a like, um, and, and really it's a very intense story that's shot beautifully and it has a nonlinear storytelling arc to it. And it's and it's done in a way that's really, really wonderful. And that's, I think, why we're being so protective of the spoilers here and why we suggest not watching the trailer. Because if you enjoy that sort of piece, if you enjoy the story unfolding and sort of telling itself to you without knowing what's going on, there is added elements of... Uh, mystery and, uh, and and questioning in this movie that is going to be ruined from for you with the spoiler. So that stuff I really liked. I think they did it in a really interesting way, and I didn't expect it. I was assuming something was going to happen, and it didn't happen. So I gave it four stars and a like. And on my flick chart, it came in a really interesting place. It's in 91 out of 270, and it's wow. just below okay. Black Panther, which I find interesting because there's the, the the race connection there, and then just above Mank, which Mank is a is a wonderful film, but it didn't have the same sort of emotional effect on me, and that's why I kind of put it there. So ninety one out of two seventy. How about you? Okay, well, it didn't come in as high. See, I'm torn because I I just watched it today, and so I'm still processing some of the things. So it took its time. I feel like this is a film that really took its time. At a certain point, I felt like where is this going? I'm spending a lot of time and there isn't, I'm waiting for a big conflict to be set up. I mean, there's plenty of conflict going on, but like, where is this going? What is this story trying to tell me? And I felt like, okay, it's gotta, gotta get to its point sooner or later. It does. And then bam, does it, a lot is going on there. So I, I put it at 3.5. I feel like I might get to four stars, maybe at the end of our conversation, maybe on a rewatch, because I, I feel like the end I'm trying to balance out the is the payoff that I get at the end worth the time that I spend going in. And I have to look at pacing and seeing how it's setting things things up. This is a film that I think will benefit from we rewatch at at looking how how this story is structured and, and the elements that are in there. It ended up at on my flick chart at 190 out of 799, which is right there in a mix of these three, three and a half star films. So on uh, you know, the next reel, Pete and Andy had talked about Naked Lunch, you know, earlier this year. It was a film I hadn't seen for a while. This is right below Naked Lunch. So when we talk weird <laughs> sort of horror weird things going on it's it's right there and then just above the 400 blows which i know is a classic film it's not one that i really clicked with so it's in a it's in a really weird mix and i was even looking to see is there another trailer rewind film anywhere in proximity to this and there isn't but i will say about 10 spaces ahead of antebellum is the social network so i know that's you know so it's it's in a good mix of really quality things and I, I probably am due for a re-ranking on some things like Social Network, which I feel should be a bit higher. But that's that's where I put it. We are anomalies in our <laughs> rating of this film because it has a weighted average review on Letterboxd of 2.6 based on 
This is interesting. 23,433 reviews. So that sounds low to me. But the other thing about it, it is does. that not just on rating, but on reviews too. But one thing that I will say about this movie, because we're, again, being so cagey with the spoilers and whatnot, I would say I think that there is going to be difficulty when people come to this film because, you know, we talked about what shelf it would be on, how this kind of thing. I think there's a lot of expectations about this film being one thing, and it definitely will not be the thing that you expect it to be. That's the thing about this movie. So you have to enjoy that ride. And I think if you were going expecting one kind of movie and then when it gets unlocked, it's not that kind of movie, I think you will end up with a little bit of a lower rating. So that that's I'm making an excuse for Letterboxd here, assuming that that's kind of right. what's happening with these ratings. Well, and IMDb is no different. It has a rating of 5.7 based on 23,415 votes. So, but they're right Right there. I mean, there's a difference of 18. Yeah, yeah. Reviews they all typically, agree. <laughs> we'll see something skewing high, you know, so many more reviews on IMDb or so many more over on Letterboxd, you know, where there's there's a clearly, oh, it's more mainstream entertainment. We'll see higher reviews on, on IMDb. Oh, this is a little bit more artsy or more international appeal. Oh, we'll see more on Letterboxd. The fact that it's nearly identical for both. I feel like this is a film that hasn't found its audience. And I, I think you're right on with the fact that uh, people may go in with expectations. And I had not watched the trailer before this. I knew very little about it. I pushed play and just went along with this and thought, OK, let me let me experience this story that they're going to tell and see see where it takes me. And I think that is the best way to do this. I mean, clearly, I think we're giving enough information that will alert people if this is really not for them, they can avoid this. But for everybody else, I would say, don't go look for more information on this film. And I think you will find this a really engaging um, and interesting uh, viewing experience. Yeah, agree. Scary, creepy, drama, go get it. So that's our recommendation. I don't think we can spend much more time here because we're going to run out of things <laughs> to say. But uh you can check out Annabelle on Hulu uh, if you're really, really not sure. I mean, you can risk the spoilers as we dive into our conversation about Antebellum. But before we do that, we need to give credit where credit is due. Trailer Rewind is a member of the True Story FM Entertainment Network. You can check out all the great podcasts over at truestory.fm. Our episodes are engineered by the wonderful Pete Wright. And our intro music is Duda by Ian Post. Okay. All right. All right. Now we can. Okay. If you're still listening, we're we're going to jump into spoilers. It's 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 going to happen because there's a lot going on. So this is your final final warning. And feel free to be spoiled. That's fine. I just really think it's going to destroy <laughs> your experience because I yes after watching this trailer after you know if there were so many things that I knew it, it's going to undermine these things because and I guess the thing that uh, I think is Harrison you could make is it's got that M. Night Shyamalan type twist. of twist yeah. piece to it where things come together. But I mean, structurally, we spend 38 minutes in our in our sort of front story. And if we just talk about that piece, I mean, that's our, you know, when I look at the time frame of everything, which will become important as we delve deeper into things, we've got our opening scene um, and then we you know, that we we talked about. And then we've got a scene with um, Eden and 
the general or him yeah, or the you know the, yeah. the man in charge uh when she gets branded uh for her refusal to you know say her name and then we get a jump six weeks later so six weeks later we're jumping ahead and that's where we you know have more we learn a little bit more about what's going on in the plantation with a new delivery of, yeah. of slaves yeah. to work of to work the fields yeah Terrible. Yes, exactly. Um, but we get that sense of like life on there. There's all kinds of unusual and unique things going along. I'm curious as to why as, as Eden is walking within her room, she takes big steps to avoid stepping on certain floorboards. And I thought, okay, is, it, is this because it's a decrepit building and they're, they're rotted? She's going to fall through you know it's it's setting something up i'm like what why this thing is is this a way she's is this way she entertains herself because we learned that they can't talk at all the slaves are told you do not talk unless you're given permission to talk by one of the masters you cannot talk to each other so it's a, a really impressive environment i thought okay is this something she's well, doing and the is whole this, time i'm thinking yeah. this is supernatural I mean, honestly, I mean, okay, that's the yeah. thing, right? right? She's doing this yeah. like thing where she's got choreography to get to the door. She's doing, she's like anointing the door, trying to get it so it's not going to squeak and all this stuff. And they do this really clever thing where um, Eli comes to the door and she does the dance, you know, to do it very silently. And, and he prompts her and then she tells him to be patient or rather shuts the door, goes back to the bed. And then a different person comes to the door. I think it's the new, the new girl. And, uh, and she just gets up and walks there. So you're thinking, why the difference? And then e Eli's gone. And like, there's all this chance for something to be supernatural here, um, which is where this movie had me going the entire first 40 minutes, that there was something different happening underneath the surface. Yes. Well, yeah, because we, uh, the new arrival, her name is Julia. And right. she her assigned is, name is Julia. apparently yes. her signed name is Julia. And she seems to know of Eden. She knows of her, you know, you're from Virginia. I'm from South Carolina. You know, what are you doing about this? Like she's got some power, respect, authority, something that people look to her that, you know, and what is that? And this is where I wondered about what had happened at the beginning when she's being brought in strapped across the back of a horse. So where was she, where had, where was she coming from? You know, clearly there's some punishment being dealt out. It looks like there was probably an escape attempt and they're planning for another one coming soon. So, uh, yeah, but at this point I'm thinking, okay, this is like 12 years a slave, right? I mean, this is my historical, like, what is, what is life like? Clearly this is something different. And I think as they, they bring in the, you know, the new cart cartload of slaves, you know, our sort of main taskmaster there says, you know, this is what a, a reform plantation. So things are different here. So that, that's why there's no speaking and, and any of that. And then we see them, you know, working the fields, you know, picking the cotton and that's, you know, life on the, on the plantation that we see there, but there's, there's something, I can't put my finger on it, there was something just slightly off. There was something unusual about it. And there's nothing that I could point to specifically. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, is it the writing, the filming? No, this all seems to be working, but there's something that just feels it's that creep factor that there's something not quite right in it. And maybe it is the super supernatural aspect of that. Yep. Uh, but it's um, yes. And that's where 
we get to our transition. 40 minutes Unless in. Unless there's anything else you... 40 minutes we hear, in. We so hear a cell phone ring. She's, she's, she's laying down to sleep. We hear a cell phone, and it's a it's a great transition. Yeah, she wakes up in because you can't, a bed. She wakes up in, in bed with, with her husband. All right. The the pillowcase pattern matches everything. There's a maybe a minor lighting shift. And then we, you know, shift angles and okay, now we're in twenty twenty and we see that she's not living on a plantation. She is we quickly learn that she is a well known author. So and, for me, she's having a dream yeah. that she dreamt this whole thing. Right. right? And that she right. had this very yeah. elaborate dream of these six weeks and all these different pain things. And she's this the, the film doesn't tell you, though, the film just infers that something that there's this connection between Eden and Veronica, which is what we learned. Her right. Name is. Um, but it doesn't tell you. And I love that. I love that they yes. just let you experience the story like this because you're wondering as an audience member, what's going on here? How do I what, right. how do I compute what's happening here? Which you won't be doing if you see the trailer. So don't see the trailer right. because this scene <laughs> that we're talking about at 40 minutes in becomes the first scene of the trailer. Right. <sighs> yes. And they do a nice job of I think they're really setting this up as this is a dream because as she gets out of bed, she puts her hand to her back mm -hmm. sort of where she'd been branded is like, oh, there's some residual pain yes. of like, oh, like something happened to me in my so dream. And, I feel, and then we see, yes. we see, that we see there's nothing, there's nothing right. there. You know, it's, you know, there's nothing supernatural going on. It's just, okay, I had a dream and okay, maybe I've got a sore muscle from something that happened, you know, and by dream it was, it was this thing. But yeah, we, we then spend, you know, another approximate half hour in this story which is where we you know learn about uh her veronica's role as a as an author and we see her you know on a news show basically we're, we're dealing with you know inequality in america and right. her states and we see shadows of her dream show up in her life with a, a woman who played a character jenna malone who, who played a character in her dream uh again not her dream but but this is what they're leading you to believe it comes in and is this really sort of creepy demanding person that's on a skype call with her i mean it's just all this really interesting seeding um, for what the film is not telling you, just letting you experience in Veronica's life. Yeah. Janelle Monae. Janelle Monae is the actress. It's yeah. Yes. And we're getting this strong sense of who she is. And so she is uh, a speaker at a, at a conference and we see that she is she's calling for radical change. She's calling for revolution of like, it's time to put aside this, you know, quiet, you know, role of we're just going to you know consent to things by being quiet we need to stand up and and embrace our identities and so you see that response from the crowd and that she's a best-selling author and you know all, she's got um you know some friends that are also speaking at this this event so we get a sense of her community what what her role in society is people looking up to her she's a force for change in america which is very important to where things go later but yeah we've i mean everything's played very straight you know then it's there's there's odd things and she even says she's having it feels like she's having an off day because there's a mysterious delivery of flowers yeah. to her um she goes to make a, a reservation at a restaurant and just the exchange with the concierge is off and i i'm looking at this well because all this is happening in of, the south i believe it's in louisiana right so yeah yes yeah, but it reminds me of, you know, Beale Street of we're seeing it, we're seeing it from the experience of a black woman. And so it's like, 
if you or I go to make reservations for dinner with a concierge, it's like, yeah, okay. For her, successful, powerful businesswoman should be easy, right? Well, hold on just a moment. Let me take this call. Okay, she asked for the reservation mm -hmm. and basically the response is like, okay, I'll take care of that. And then- Yeah, nothing. Flat. Will they? Yeah, and they didn't they? really, but yeah. <laughs> so. so, and then we get to the we get to the dinner scene, which is, oh, your table is back here, like back near the kitchen in the back of the house. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, this is where we're sitting. We're gonna be over here being assertive, embracing their power and say, no, 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 no. That's, there's plenty of room in this restaurant. Um, and it's, it's that dynamic, um, that, that kept me, kept me going, but I started to wonder what's the point of the story. And you just feel the dread the whole time because you've been planted this thing. You've seen, you know, the, the creepy woman from Skype that, you know, is this person that you've seen in the first 40 minutes being a part of this really negative slave situation. You've seen her sneak into Veronica's room and, so, sabotage some things and all those things and like put her her hair in her bed. There's all these things, again, that lead you to believe that there's something supernatural going on. But that's not actually what happens. It's just intense drama and fire as the women get split up at the end of their dinner. That that was su a surprise to me. And it was probably the most it was the most. Oh, yeah. I guess that's where I thought, OK, this is the scary part. This is the horror part. This is the, you know, you've got three women coming from dinner. You know, one says, you know, our, you know, Victoria's like, I'm going going back to my room. I got a 6 a.m. flight. So she's taking an Uber. Her friends are taking Uber to go out clubbing, whatever. And she gets she gets in her Uber and, you know, the music is really loud. You know, she gets a, a phone call. The phone call is from the Uber driver saying, I'm here at the restaurant to pick up. She's like, no, I'm in the Uber. And that's where things take this bizarre, freakish turn. Because as you think, okay, that's that's possible. Right. Oh, this yeah. is possible. Of Completely you, somebody, possible. Yes. You get in the wrong car and or somebody wants, wants to abduct you, which we see happening here of like, oh, no, no. Because it's not only the, the driver, there's somebody in the seat behind her. And so this is clearly an abduction that's Horrifying going on. And it just... when she's abducted and the shot of her fighting for her life, biting him and all this stuff while her girlfriends are in the car next next door, this amazing shot. And you see how close salvation is. But then they turn away as she's still going. Oh, it was really well done. Very intense. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then she gets her head smashed against the window, knocked unconscious. And then we hear a cell phone ring and we're back on the plantation and then the general gets up and goes outside and pulls a cell phone out of the saddlebag of the horse it, the, it was so awesome because this is where all of a sudden now you know there's nothing supernatural going on now you know it's something else and this was my moment that reminded me of tesla where in tesla oh. <laughs> when they're at the the table at the world's <laughs> fair and edison gets up and goes up to the bar the... and starts scrolling through his phone scrolling. and i'm thinking yes. now that didn't make any sense but here in this movie <laughs> this is brilliant. This is a brilliant reveal for what's going on and to show us that it isn't something that we have been creeped out about for the last, what, hour and 20 minutes. It is something that's very straightforward and still very horrifying in a very real and, and scary way. And this is where 
you know, you start to realize it's a movie that belongs alongside like The Hunt, which we did for the film board, where it's this really tough to believe reality, but oh my gosh, it's happening. And it's shot in this amazing way. And all of this stuff comes flooding to you when the general goes outside and pulls out his cell phone from his Confederate horse. <laughs> yes. And that's where you, you, your mind rolls back through everything that you've seen, which is the slaves being shot, the slaves being burned in the, in the weird burn house, at, you know, because we see the woman the female that's the slaves shot being early offered on. as like, yeah. Cur- yeah. courtesans to the to the confederate soldiers just ugh. oh yes and that we realize the confederate soldiers are just a bunch of young guys that like you know playing soldier and it's it gets it got the creep factor went off off the scale for me as i realized that we were dealing with something in contemporary times of what world have they created you know which it you know we're gonna relive this experience because this is our power play this is we are white men in power we're exerting our force and control over these people and then we we see you know this is where things accelerate very quickly you start to realize okay these people are being selected who are the who are the threat to power because we have we see that conversation back in 2020 when we see the family uh veronica and her family around the TV and her daughter who sees her arguing with a white man. And she said, well, why was he so angry? And she said, well, you know, sometimes, you know, anger is, is hiding fear, right? And it's this whole threat to, to that power structure. And we see that now this is the response of, we're going to instigate, we're going to create a little community of reenactment of this, where we are the Confederate soldiers and we've got these slaves on the plantation that we get to have our way with, to boss around, to, to kill when we feel it's appropriate and necessary to just, yeah, the dark icky came all over me at that point. And I thought, okay, what, what are we doing here? How do we get out of this? What, because now I don't know where the story's going to go because I thought, I thought, oh, if we were dealing with a dream, okay. If we were dealing with something supernatural, okay. Now I like all bets are off because I don't know what's going to happen with, with Veronica and her, her, crew that are you know going to try to escape i wish it was she's a got crew. some type of plan just be- her and a guy <laughs> well yes i wish it was i a thought crew. maybe there was going to be more yes. i thought maybe i kept hoping there was Me too. maybe going to be more. oh because yeah because this is where we see that um julia who was who had said she was pregnant now has a miscarriage as a result of kicked being in kicked the stomach. Yeah. in the stomach by one of the young the young men and hangs herself and that's this final straw where Eden slash Veronica is okay tonight. We're doing tonight. Going we're going to make our move. We're, we're going to do what we can to, to get out of here. And the phone becomes an integral part of that. And this is one of the things that I found very compelling in this storytelling. Often their writers are looking for a way to get rid of cell phones right. because it's, it's an object of convenience because, okay, I need to isolate somebody. Well, they've got a cell phone, so it's got to get dropped in the sink or in the water or the screen's cracked mm-hmm. or something because we can't have people have cell phones because it, it can just defeat so many plot, you know, yeah. devices. But here it's, okay, this is their, their lifeline outside, wherever they are in the middle of nowhere, we now have a cell phone. And now it's all the things that we know about cell phones and is it going to work for them? Can can we can we get a call There's to nine one one? Yeah. Can, can we get? How do we get the phone unlocked with the general's face? Right. right. How do we do these things? Because now we've got people that okay, 
this is our lifeline. This is now the thing that can save us is if we can somehow connect to the outside world and just all of the the drama that goes around that piece of acquiring the they have the phone they then lose the phone they have to reacquire the phone they have to unlock the phone they have to get a call out calls are getting dropped they need to get their location sent out and all of that just it was great suspense it was that great suspense of are they going to get caught what is going to happen uh, with this phone I, you know is is the battery going to die what what's going on i thought okay because i i don't know where where the story is going of who's going to be the victor in this because with what's been set up and what i feel like this film is going to say i can see it going either way of it could have i was people are horrible and evil and this racism in america is is a threat and it's flourishing and look at the damage it does to america because now i'm looking at the in the context of everything you know happened in 2019 and 2020 and it's still ongoing of when it comes to brutality and violence and i thought okay i i have no guarantee that by just being our main character that veronica is surviving this film yes there's no way to know and it and the drama is great the way that they deal the drama is wonderful and the suspense of the phone is a good thing and she calls her husband which you're thinking don't call your husband like figure out but (laughs) but honestly like she's going to send out her location she needs someone to be able to receive it from a phone that they've never seen before i mean there actually was a news story just today you said it's october 26 about there was a colorado hiker who was lost on like one of the tallest mountains in colorado and they called him like 26 times and he ignored all the calls because it was from a number he didn't know <laughs> he was I lost just saw that article. But he yes. thought it was yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. So so actually this plot point makes a whole lot of sense. You can understand oh, why yes. writers are looking to get rid of cell phones because that's going to become dated at some point. But the point like it's really well done and then you know all of the fight scenes and the 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 dramatic survival fights that they have are are very intense and you are along for the ride the whole way. Um I particularly liked where I didn't understand why she was doing it, dragging the general by the Confederate flag after she'd kind of won some of her freedom into the burn shed. Um, And I didn't get it. But then the way that they made it with the action of her uh, being able to trick the other guys who come to aid into there and locking them in. It was such a powerful scene for her to light up this burn shed with these three guys in it and hear the screaming and her walking away with the big torch. Really powerful, powerful scene there. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Everything comes together so yeah. well. All the pieces have been set yeah, up. Yeah, and she yes. escapes on the general's horse. And and I there was a toss-away thing earlier on where, you know, while she's texting with her husband, she her husband says, and your daughter's going to be an equestrian champion, just like just like oh, her yeah. mom. And, of course, yeah. at the moment, you're like, no big deal. But then, of course, she gets in a mad horse chase with with these people. And it's really good. I mean, it's it, it feels like everything was earned. It does. I could see how you might come to this film, film and think, oh, well, that's a little cheap or that doing that but i feel like the story was well written and well delivered in the way that all of those things felt earned to me and i was i was along for the ride for all of that oh yeah and it, the fact that now we are in current times with you know but still within the confederate setting so when she's being chased on horseback and their soldiers coming after her what's very interesting is they're not using period no, equipment they're using automatic rifles you know, it's, it's, they're using automatic <laughs> rifles that look like you know that they've equipped for this because it's not like okay fire reload and it's it's they're shooting off rapid rounds after her through this this horse chase and we then have our our confrontation with um our other yes 
Yes, our other creepy character who is apparently the general's daughter, daughter I believe. Yeah. Exactly. And so we've got we've got even that, the suspense of that, that chase, and then the uh sort of payoff of her death at the foot of the Robert E. Lee monument uh of everything. But th- again, that's another one of our sort of okay. You know, Veronica's now seen where she is. Okay, we've got this monument to, to Robert E. Lee. Where am I? What's going? And then as she charges out and then finds herself in the midst of what I, at that point, I'm assuming this is just like, oh, weekend warriors that are just doing like their Civil War reenactment thing and all of that because she comes out and they're just in the middle of a, a battlefield. We'd, we'd heard the sounds of battle. Right, they've given us, you know, those. Yeah. throughout. There was always references to 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 that. We were hearing the gunfire, all that. But now she jumps into the midst of this and is just, you know, and as she's doing that, torch you... the Union jacket that yeah, she's got on, her it. hair, yes, yeah, and bleeding, Gorgeous. and like with a hatchet yes. in her hand, like this whole thing. And when they did shoot her coming out of the hidden area right they did show the no trespassing signs and they show the three men who were chasing her like come to a stop at the edge and that was really effective because up until that point even with the civil war reenactment you don't know if all of these people are in on it like you can you could think that that's still the case but the shot in particular of janelle monet on the horse just beginning to scream as she kind of comes to it's it's all shot very tightly and it's and it's in this way of like how did they secure that camera for this moment Uh, i maybe she wasn't even on horseback to deliver it i'm not sure but like wow it was really really powerful i was very impressed with her performance in it oh yeah there's that shot as she's charging through the you know through the barricades in slow motion as you see the other the soldiers like going to load the cannon right. in slow motion and just just everything slowed down i'm looking at this i'm like i just want to i just want to sit here yeah. for a while because i'm trying to figure out where we're gonna go even with then this. even then I, you don't you know, know I'm, yeah. I, I don't know i'm loving this she's now in the midst of battle and everything and i'm trying to figure out what she has got what's got to be going through her mind at this time what's going on with these you know the the Act or the reenactors or whatever, because as you said, the the three chasing are sort of are stopped there at the no trespassing sign. So it's clearly there's the main area and there's something beyond, right. which is where something she's come hidden. from. So she's now sort of like coming to the front, you know, part of this, you know, whatever group of people that you know. But clearly they're not expecting her. But then she keeps going, and that's where we get. To, that's where we get truly cognitive dissonance of. Coming past the sign that says Antebellum, you know, uh, Louisiana's, you know, premier Civil War reenactment site. And you've got families with like their cooler and their their T-shirts and and they're just coming in to watch. And I thought, oh, wow, there's so much to unpack, to unravel. And then as she's as she gets there, the police showing up. That's, you know, so the, the, the her location has, you know, gotten transmitted out. We get all of that. But there's so much to just unpack in terms of, you know, history and what are the things that we value? What are the things that we view as entertainment? You know, because it's it's yes, it's important to to learn from the past, but if we never move past it and move forward out of it and just sort of live in it, yeah, we're just doomed to continue repeating it, which is why I think the the opening quote 
from William Faulkner that's that's right there and actually is even mentioned by the characters in in conversation, which is um the past is never dead. It's not even past. Which is again speaks to and then there's another And also line led me down of, this supernatural path with yeah. what was happening oh, with yes, early parts true, too, by the way. True. But anyway, yeah, you were gonna but, say but then one of her one of her friends that's I maybe a relationship expert or some other type of counselor says, you know, the unresolved past can certainly wreak havoc on the present. And those two lines I felt like, okay, didn't think about it because they're talking about just family and all of this. And like, no, this is about us as a nation and the unresolved past wreaking havoc on the present. We see that we haven't dealt with the Confederacy and slavery, and it's still there and it's still flourishing. And as as the general says, as, before she locks him up in the little burn shed of, you know, we're we're everywhere. You and know, nowhere. That, that it's, he said, yeah, yes, we're nowhere and everywhere. Yeah. I think my favorite, the burn shed was such an interesting symbol in the film. And I think my favorite shot that we've talked about so many shots that we like, but uh, it, that one at the beginning was amazing too. But um, my favorite shot is when they have Eli, they send him to the burn shed to clean it up. And he uh, is confronted with the reality of the fact that someone that he was close to might've even been his significant other was burned here. And he sees right. the remains he and the, he sees the, the necklace. necklace. Yeah. And as they pull yeah. out from him, I mean, he, uh, warrant it he goes crazy like rips the clothes off his body it's a very powerful scene but then as they pull out from the shot you have the visual of inside the shed and the dead sort of black even black and white it wasn't shot in black and white but it it feels black and white because of the soot and the and the and the the evil in the shed but you pull out and then you see the antebellum south and all of the lush thing around it and it just you see eli in his agony on screen left and the door divides it it's just such a great scene and it's so well shot i was very very impressed with that oh there's it's a visual feast to watch this because i i watched yes I, it stuck out to me because it's yeah we're in this dark dingy gray and then it slowly pulls out and the color starts creeping in and you have that sharp contrast between two worlds basically yeah there's so many moments that work visually it's it's a treat i think just to go back to watch those moments come together to really see that they're they're so well earned they're connected to story in so many ways it's not just a cool shot for the sake of that i think it's there's a lot of intent and meaning behind a lot of the decisions that were made and how things are filmed and shot and pieced together and yeah this is this was heavy, heavy stuff. I wish it would have had a theatrical release. I, I, you know, and it's interesting that we bring up The Hunt because The Hunt has this sort of same sort of, it's much lighter in tone as, as much as you can be about, you know, death and racism and these things. But it's it's played off as more campy in, in The Hunt than this. This is very oh, yes. serious throughout. Yeah. But The Hunt was the last movie that I saw in the theaters before the pandemic hit. And it was literally, you know, things were closing and stuff. And I, and I feel like The Hunt actually suffered from that as well because people were starting to get scared to go to the theaters. I think this movie would, Antebellum would have been really powerful for people to have those plot twists in the big screen in the theaters. I think it would... I think it would have delivered with something on par with Get Out. Uh, I think it would have delivered, it would have hit people much harder to be in that captive situation. Because, I mean, I told you I needed to take breaks throughout the whole part because I was so tense about what was happening. And I think... Uh, I think a lot of the magic of this film is not knowing. And I and I rarely say that. Part of the reason I love being a part of the next reel is because yeah. I love spoilers. But this is one that honestly, <laughs> like, it's really important to get that film going experience with this. And I, I think I think we missed out by not having Antebellum in the theaters. I 
I agree because I think it is one that the theatrical experience because of the visuals in this would make it a very impactful experience um, to see. And again, having that opening weekend of people really not knowing um, going in there because now it's streaming. Yes, right. Unless they saw the trailer and then, you know, then they're going to feel terrible. And that's the point. That's the point that we should make about the trailer. We didn't say specifically in the pre-show about how bad it is, but the, the trailer reveals to you that there isn't anything supernatural or there aren't any dreams. The trailer is very straightforward in the way that it tells you that this person has been kidnapped by people. And that is, you know, I I, I guess I can understand why they would do that. That's maybe appealing to one kind of moviegoer, but that's not the beauty of this film. The beauty of this film is the nonlinear storytelling, the slow reveal, the, 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 oh my gosh, now what does that mean? And what have I watched leading up to this? That, that's the kind of stuff that I think a lot of people don't want to be spoiled on. So yeah, don't ruin it by watching the trailer. No, but as you know, I I emphasize the fact that early on after Veronica gets branded, that we get that little title card six weeks later, she was abducted she was there for possibly months. This isn't a, oh, she was abducted. She's been there. You know, it's a long weekend or whatever. This is this is a lifestyle for these people. This She is there for months. And we don't know how long many of the others have been there before her. Uh, and we, we get from uh, Elizabeth that, you know, she she picks who's there. Her father, you know, picked Veronica to be there because I think of her uh her her notoriety, fame, and power that she was doing, he wanted wanted that. But clearly, this is something where that because uh, Eli, I think uh, she refers to him as the professor. You know, after he's passed, so clearly, you know, a, a scholar that is, you know, a threat. Um, so we we don't well, know. And they talked about the three women at the conference were all part of academia. That right. was another yes. thing. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's something that they really talked about about the sort of. The battle between the past and, and and learning and making your way towards the future. I think that's that's a theme in this film as well. Yeah, but this was, uh, again, a much better film than I expected. Uh, a real powerful, you know, this is one that is going to engage you with questions and ask you to really think about this. I, like I said, Beale Street is one that you could sit down, watch an engaging conversation with people. This one, I think, demands a response from people of like, Look at this. What are you doing about America right now? Because this, we're not too far from this. This is, you know, perhaps metaphor at antebellum, the little, you know, Civil War reenactment site. But what it represents is, is an I- ideology that is out there in this country. And, you know, th- it was very interesting once we come back to Veronica after seeing who she is and her whole book being about we need to stand up and now her being in this position where, to survive, she cannot do that. She does She's not have that luxury of of having a voice and standing up for, you know, freedom and equality and all of that, and is being forced to be silenced. And to think about what that does to her as a person, and having to live that life for weeks, perhaps months, to know that this is survival, and that, thinking about what perspective that brings to her at the end of this of you know, sure, when when you, you are a scholar and you have money and you have that, it's easy to say those things, but there are people that don't have power and money and education that don't have the, the ability to stand up 
for themselves and assert their power because they need to survive and they need to put their head down and be quiet. And that is the only way that they can survive in America. And I think that's perhaps why some of the reviews are, are low because people wanted something that is entertainment. They wanted a, oh, a supernatural horror film that, you know, wasn't going to challenge them to think. Um, that's what but I think. on the other hand, you know, on the other hand, we have get, we had get out that, you know, had had similar you know supernatural weird things and but still at the end really brought some interesting topics to the table that audiences responded to so i I feel like if it had a theatrical release maybe we'd we'd see some different reactions to this but it's one that it seems like the perfect way to tie up this trio of films of of you know (laughs) with a really strong one and to wrap up the season because there's there's nowhere to go from from here oh and (laughs) And by the way, Mr. Sarmento, this is the final straw with these intense, dramatic, <laughs> scary movies for me. I am going to pre-select our next season and figure out which ones I can handle and which ones I can't. Uh, because, is, wow, I'm... wow, this was a really good movie. This is really hard for me to watch. And I it, I just needed an ally. If I, if I wasn't here watching it by myself, I would have been okay because I could have talked my way through it with someone. But I found myself talking to myself and my dog. And uh, honestly... I was really scared. So I think, you know, I I can handle a lot of stuff, but wow, were we intense this season. Just in review. We were. We were intense. So yes. Oh, we will. So no. So we will, we're going to, we're going to go on hiatus. We'll come back in 2022. JJ's going to be part of the film selection process. (laughs) And I'm going to tap out when I can't handle it. That's the plan. And he will, he will know ahead of time if there's things (laughs) he needs to to tap out on, but we were, we're going to continue with this approach of looking at, groups of, of films so that's that's the goal we'll as, as we get those lists developed we'll be posting that to to letterbox so you can see what direction we'll be taking in in 2022 as we get that going but it's it, yeah it's it's been a it's been a heavy duty uh season so we'll see if we can tackle some some other areas uh but yeah so this is this is the end of uh trailer rewind for 2021 uh we had a, a lot of great you know films to, to go back at. I mean, a, a lot of heavy things. I, I look back at, you know, oh, starting, you know, you mentioned Tesla. That was part of that that first, you know, group of films. But, you know, we had things like Loose, which oh, again, wow. heavy, yeah. but so, was you know, really so rewarding. So I think, you know, if you're just getting into the show now, yeah, dig back into, you know, this season. There was a lot of really good stuff that we talked about this year. A lot of heavy stuff, a lot of family drama. <laughs> A lot of um, a lot of emotions, and a lot of it, you know, it really goes into this category like Antebellum, where you probably heard something about it, but you maybe didn't get a chance to see it. Whether that was because of COVID or or some other reason, maybe it just skipped by, like Beale Street did for me. Uh, you know that kind of stuff. A lot of the movies on this list are are solid films that don't get enough attention. So go back and take a look at, at what we've covered, especially this season, and and find some gems there. They're they're sitting there for you. Yes, they are. All right. Well, that's how we wrap up. That's the season. That's how we wrap up the year. And we'll see you all in 2022. Hondo.
I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.